Uh, good morning. Welcome to Mariners Church. Thank you guys for being part of today. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is always just a joy to be um, with you guys. And ah, singing the songs are great. So thank you guys for your expression of, of praise to God. This is a great day. Beautiful, um, beautiful morning. And we're entering into a great season as well. Christmas and Thanksgiving are all coming up. Make sure that you just keep your heart, mind open to people that um, you can give to. And I'm, I'm talking about just giving, maybe opening up your home to them or just being extra super special to them. Um, this is a season for that as God has given us so, so, so much. Um, with the coming of, of cell phones, <clears throat> the cell phones got more sophisticated. They came out with cameras. And with the cameras in your cell phones, there came the whole advent or coming of this thing called selfies. You know, selfies? Yes, you know, selfies. They're, 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 they're a big deal. And, and I am, without a doubt, in the whole world, the worst person to take a selfie. I, I, I'm horrible at selfie. I can't, I, I can't do it for some reason. They never, they never turn out. I, to take a look at some of the selfies I've taken over my life. So, so look at that. Yeah. Now, now they just, they, I mean, one of them's in front of a grocery store, for crying out loud. And then the one on the left, honestly, there's supposed to be a 10,000-foot mountain behind me on that. You see a mountain there? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. See, see a mountain. So, so I am bad. at. I once asked somebody, actually, because I'm so bad, to take a selfie of me. Would you take a selfie of me? And they said, that's not a selfie. That's a what? That's a picture. That, that, that's a picture. And, and finally, somebody told me the secret to taking selfies. And of course, the subject matter isn't very good either. So it's just, it's just not. It's just me. But the secret to taking selfies, they said, is you hold the camera what? Up. You hold the camera as far out as you can and, and, and as high as, as you can and have it look down on you. And, and it's a simple rule, you know, selfie 101. You know, hold, hold the, the phone up, up in the air. And I think it wouldn't be great if in everything there would just be a few simple 101s. You know, just a few simple 101s. You get this thing down and everything will work out. Everything will be really, really good. Just a simple rule that everything could go well, especially when it comes to people because we got a lot of people in our lives and sometimes I don't know how to treat them and I don't know what to do with them or I don't know what to do about them. <clears throat> well, thankfully, God does not leave us all alone with that kind of stuff and he's going to give us uh, a simple rule as far as connecting and treating and relating to one another. And I want to spend a few minutes talking about that. So let's, let's take a second and pray, can we? Lord, you're, you're here with us, among us, and in our hearts and in our presence. And, and so you're, you're going to be teaching us and guiding us. And I, God, I, I need the right words um, this morning. And um, help us all to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We're in a series that we're calling More Than Enough because when we look at our life and what God has done, we can say, God, you have not just simply done enough for me. You've done more than enough. In a sense, you've overflowed everything in my life, more than enough in my life. You've given me more than enough hope, more than enough forgiveness, more than enough joy. And there is a great book in the Bible that talks about that, and it is a Bible book called Philippians. Now, Philippians is, is, 
what you would call people that lived in Philippi. And Philippi was actually a real city um, back in Asia Minor. And it was named for Philip of Macedon, who was the father of Alexander the Great. And Alexander named a city after his dad. And there were people that were there. And the Apostle Paul at one time came there and found some people and talked to them about Christ Jesus. And they, they accepted him as Savior. And a little church was formed, and it began to grow. Now, Paul had left, and years later, he's sending a letter back to them to talk to them. And therefore, it's called in your Bible, the book of or the letter to the what? The Philippians, and, and that's what it is. It's a, great, it's a great book to read. It's a great letter to read. It's short. In fact, when people say, I'd like to read something that's fairly simple and understandable in the Bible, one of the times, sometimes I'll say Philippians is a good one to start with because it's got all kinds of encouraging words about hope and joy and, and peace. The guy who's writing it, Paul, is in prison. And what's remarkable is the life that God had given him when he's writing it, in prison, he's instructing us how to have hope, and he's instructing us how to have joy. So it's a phenomenal book, a phenomenal read. Last week, um, Pastor Kurt talked about purpose, and this morning we're going to spend a few minutes talking about people and how to treat people, or you could say, I guess, um, people, people 101. Now, when I think about how to treat people, kind of in my whole life, um, <laughs> You know, we have been taught, I don't know about you, I, I've been taught um, um, how to size up people, haven't you? You know, you size up people. We size up people. We sometimes do the comparison thing, you, you know. Um, we learned in school how to trash talk, size up, you know, put down. There was the alpha male. There were the, there were the mean girls, and now there's cyberbullying and flipping off and shining on and tailgating when somebody's driving too slow and you flash your beams and you give the finger. And then the horrible thing we sometimes say is consider the source when somebody insults you. I just consider the source. Do you see how all the concepts that we've kind of come up with on how we can actually talk about or treat people? Um, Matt Chandler, who's a pastor in Texas, says that Philippians 2 is not fair. It's, it's not fair when you read it, and, and I, I agree with it. It's not fair because it sets us up and then blindsides us. It kind of puts us in a position where we have to agree upon anything or everything, and then he's going to slam us with a principle or a rule on how we treat everything, and he's going to do it twice. Verbal trap, mental trap, and he's going to catch us. And, and, and here we go, and here's the setup, and he's going to give you questions, okay? And he's going to get you in such a great mood that all of a sudden he's going to hit you with it. First question is this, and I'm going to ask him to you. Have you been encouraged by your relationship to Christ? Have you? Have you, guys? Have you? Have you? Yeah, yeah. I have. My relationship with Christ has encouraged me. I like this. You know, it's an encouraging thing. Have you ever been comforted by his love? That's the second question. And the answer is what? Yeah, sure. Of, co of course I have, man. Look at what God has done for me. Have you ever felt fellowship from the spirit he's put in you? Yes. You know, yeah. I've, I felt a closeness with God, you know, in my life. Maybe when you were singing some of the songs, you felt that closeness. That's what he's talking about here. Is your heart tender and compassionate? Some of you are saying, nah, but I'm thinking, you know, I'm not kind of some people say I'm a little bit of a teddy bear here and there, you know, that, 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 that kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of like a show of hands. If you've gotten 
anything from God, anything, anything from God. And I'm thinking, of course I've gotten this from God. My life has been changed. I felt a closeness with God. And, and, and here comes the setup. If any of that is true, here you go. He says this. Treat others better than yourselves. There you go. Here's the principle. Here is people relationship 101. Treat people better than yourself. Treat them as more important. It's a basic principle for connecting with people in your life. And that is treat them as if they are what? Better than you. And there it is. It's simple, huh? And, and, and really, it's just words, though, until you begin to think about it and think about how that's going to work itself out in, 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 in our lives and in my actions and in my work or in my school. Well, I have to treat them as more important. But it's a good principle. How do I act in this situation? I treat them as better than myself. How do I treat this person? I treat them better than myself. You consider that they're more important than you. And that covers everything. It, cons- it, co- it covers the, the, the checker at Safeway, the Lyft driver that picks you up, the waiter, the person that pours water at your table. Guess how you're supposed to treat them? What? Better. Better than you. He makes it easy. Everyone is be treated as if they're better. Now, I know Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a, that's a big principle. And sometimes I can say, yeah, but that's happened so many times in my mind. I've, I've heard that so, many, so often that it just kind of rolls off me. And I can say, well, I, I love everybody in the, in the abstract, you know. It's kind of like that old Charlie Brown cartoon. Where, remember Lucy, you know, the loudmouth Lucy? You know, she says this, you know, I, about, you know, loving mankind. You know, it's, it's, I love mankind. Remember how she says it? It's people that I can't stand. You know, I can love mankind in the abstract, but it's the individual people that drive me nuts. And now Paul follows up with, okay, here's how you treat this person and that person. In fact, you treat every person. You treat them as what? Better. Better than yourself. He says, treat the other person as more important than yourself. And that's, that's not my feelings. That, that's my action. That's what I have to do. And here's where Christianity, following Jesus, departs again from so many different of the other religions out there. Because back in those days, they still had that kind of the mentality of, of you know, karma, you know, karma is. Or even if you go in, into the Islamic faith, the will of God is so strong that if you are born at a certain level in life, that is Allah's will, or that is the God's will, or that is karma. That is actually what you deserve. And therefore, if I were to treat you who are, quote, lower in caste than I am, I'm actually fighting against karma because you have to actually suffer in your situation the way you are. And therefore, since I am not in that lowly situation like you are, whether it's job or whether it's handicap or whether whatever it is, I have no responsibility to treat you good at all because after all, it was either your doing or it was the God's will to put you in this lowly spot. And therefore, I'm under absolutely no obligation for you to you whatsoever. 
And all of a sudden, Jesus comes and says, no, you, you love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul comes in and, and says, you treat other people as better than yourselves. Not lower, better. No matter who they are, no matter what they do, no matter their education, their political affiliation, no matter what their career is, you treat them better than yourself. The whole verse says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Selfish ambition, vain conceit, that's all about who? Me. And he's saying it's not about me. It's about them. And so he says, consider your friends better, family better, everyone is better. And we have to lay that now on, on top of our world. How I treat the other person on the other side of the airline counter when they canceled my flight. I treat them as what? Better. You know, the person that has 20 items in front of the, in the checkout line that has 15. Nah, not going to go there. <laughs> you treat them better. You treat them better. A story has, 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 has told that um, in a seminary where they were training pastors, um, it was a pastoral ministry class, and uh, the final for all these guys and girls that are going into ministry, when they're going into ministry, it was the one question final. Because he spent all his time talking about this passage and how to love people. And the one question final, the one question on the final was, what's the name of the guy that cleans our building? This is the kind of attitude we need to have to everybody, with everybody, for everybody. It gets worse from here. He goes on and he says this. He's talking about Jesus and he said, Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And now he's getting theological on us. He's talking about the very essence and nature of God the Son. He made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, you know, just woo, came, came on down, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Some think this was the, one of the earliest songs in Christian literature was right here that Paul's quoting. And I was going to try and sing it, but the only, only um, tune I could find that it went with was Freebird, and that doesn't work, so I'm not going to go. But what he's saying here is this truth about Jesus is incredible. I mean, it's phenomenal here. Being God became a servant. God became like us. God was obedient to death on a cross. That is the very core of what we believe and I want to complain about how I'm being treated by customer service or go ballistic or passive aggressive. But then it says this, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And again, see how we got set up for that one? If Jesus did it, then I can and I should. So let's put these verses together. Let's crown them together. Because this is our 101 on how to treat people. Don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble. Treat others. Think of others as better than yourselves. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now, my problem this coming this past week 
was I knew I had to go to the DMV, and I knew this verse was coming up. And I'm thinking, oh, great, you know? I'm supposed to treat others as better than, than, than myself as I go to the Department of Motor Vehicles, which is, um, have you seen that Zootopia where the person behind the counter is a sloth, you know? <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, I got a project. I drove up, you know? And, 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 and as I walked into this thing, I had to think through each step and each person that I encountered. What do I say to the person sitting outside? What do I say to the person who can't figure out what line to get into? What do I say to the grumpy person that wants me to smile for my picture? You know, how do I do that? What do, what do I do here? I treat them as what? Better. They're better than me. Okay, here's what we need to do, and here's some practical things. Um, first of all, in order to do this, I need to set better boundaries. Now, you all know what boundaries are. I mean, boundaries is kind of a, a, a great concept that came out a bunch of years ago, and it is incredibly helpful to set boundaries in your life because sometimes there are people that will come in and you know, kind of suck your whole life away. And so you have to kind of create boundaries, and boundaries are kind of like fences in your yard. You know, they keep the bad things out, and you keep the good things in. And, and it became a great way for us to begin to work through people that would maybe use us too much or, or just drain us dry. And we're called to set boundaries, and some people are safe, and so I kind of let them in my boundary, and some are not necessarily safe. And, and the problem, though, with us is that we are... Um, born by nature, sinful people, and selfish people. And this is why a new nature has to come in to kind of you know, break, that, break that out. And if when I set boundaries, based on my selfishness or my selfness, I tend to set boundaries, what? Way too far out to keep people as far away as I can. So then I have a ready-made excuse for an annoying person that I can just simply say, well, I have what? have boundaries, and I'm not going to let that person in. And all of a sudden, I'm sensing God telling me I might need to move my boundaries in a whole lot. In fact, I'm probably the worst person to set my own boundaries. Do you know why? Because I can't see my blind spots. And that's why we need people in our life groups, and we need people to be help that we're accountable to, to help us set the correct boundaries for our lives. We need to move our boundaries in because sometimes we can just simply write off that person as being very annoying and we have that opportunity then to just keep them down instead of, instead of build them up. I can justify anything if I want. So rethink boundaries. Rethink where you've put your boundaries in this. And if you start saying about people, you know, I, I just, nah, they're just not healthy for me. Talk that out. Think that one through with somebody else on that. Because a lot of times we can excuse other people with bad boundaries. Second, um, think about their souls. I know it's a big, heavy statement. Think about their souls. Um, one, of my, um, um, one of my kids was, uh, of course, all my kids actually were checker at, at, at New Leaf you know, at New Leaf Grocery Store. And so if you went through New Leaf, you probably saw them. They're the really good-looking ones that look like my wife. So um, <laughs> um, they learned customer service from, from New Leaf. And we were sometimes, we were one time uh, at a restaurant, and one of my sons said to me, Dad, when you, 
somebody's pouring water at the table, thank them. But don't just thank them. Look them in the eye and thank them. Because they're people. And here I'm getting lectured by my 20-year-old son, you know, but he's right. These are people that have names and lives and hopes and dreams. They also have souls. Um, everybody in this room, in fact, everybody in this town, everybody in this world is eternal. You know that? Eternal. Forever. We will live one place or another, but our souls are eternal. Um, Matt Chandler, a great question. He says, in your world, do people have souls? You know what I'm saying? We say, of course they do, but it mean, in your world, in your attitude, in your thinking, in your thought, do people have souls? I mean, or are they just in your way? Or are they just there? Or are they just a bother to you? Or are they just frustrating to you? Do you understand they have, they have souls? Um, because in my life, they have cars that tailgate, or they have dogs that bark, or they have mouths that don't seem to stop. But I need to move beyond that. These are people that have souls. Um, cold this week, it was, in the morning, early, and I, and, I, and I arrived early, and there was a backpack kind of by, the, by those chairs that are outside, and, you know, it's like, okay, backpack, and there was like a, a walking stick, and, and I just simply assumed that there was a homeless person around, and, and that's not, you know, it's not uncommon here because, you know, the... People move in and out and through Half Moon Bay, and I didn't think much of it. And, and I went upstairs and I saw this guy. He was he was sitting off over by the um, kind of the garbage bins there, and I don't know what he was doing. He was sweeping something around, and it's like ah, it's, you know, it's no big deal. Um, and 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 so I was studying this very passage, you know, which is like oh great, you know, I should probably end up doing something with this. But but I'm there, and and I and I got word from we're talking at staff. It's, it's like. There's people that are doing some pretty nefarious stuff, you know, you know, sometimes even in our parking lot. And I'm thinking, oh, great, this may be one of those guys. And what do I do? You know, what would I do? Well, we probably if we've had some reports of some stuff that's not good going on here, we should probably just, I should probably just have someone call the cops on him and have them check, check him out, you know, and just check this guy out. And I'm going downstairs, you know, to get some tea. It's very manly tea I drink, by the way, just to let you know, it's manly, robust. Anyway, I, I'm going downstairs, and, and I, I'm thinking, you know, in my life, you know, I never handle these situations well. I, I just not don't, you know. Um, so why don't I try and do the opposite of what I normally do, you know? Let me do the opposite, because the normal stuff doesn't seem to be very, very good. And so I, obviously, since I was looking at this passage, I'm thinking, okay, I... I I'll treat them better, better, better. And um, have the attitude that Jesus had. And so I'm thinking, it's cold outside. I'm getting tea. Uh, it's probably pretty cold, you know. And, and, and I don't know if he's had anything to eat. So I grabbed him something to eat, and I brought him a cup of tea. And, um, and he was still doing whatever he was doing on the curb. And uh, so I... I, I, I um, I said, uh, uh, what in the world are you doing, you know, what are you doing? And, and he, was, he was picking bird droppings off the curb to help clean up this place, you know, and it's like, oh. So I gave him tea and we started talking and um, 
Um, I asked him his name. His name was Donnie, and uh, he was cold. He didn't ask me for money or anything. He said, I'll be gone soon. It's like, no, nah, yeah, it's okay. There's a lot of bird poop around. You know? <laughs> uh, man, I'm looking at his face, cuts and dirt, and you know, he has a soul, you know, forever soul. He, he, he does, you know. And I wish there was more to the story about how I had this great conversation and led him, led him to Christ. It, 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 it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out that way. But understand that he's somebody's son, somebody's brother, you know. Jesus died for him. He has a soul. Everybody has a soul. And when we dismiss people off, it does not help their souls get a step closer to Christ. Not at all. Um, last is, and we've used this verse before, it says, have the same attitude as Jesus. It just simply says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Obviously, it's not impossible if he asks us to do it. And Jesus goes into, it goes into all this thing that Jesus did as a servant for us. If he's telling us to do it, if he's asking us to do it, it's not impossible to humble ourselves and to serve other people. It's not beyond us. I'm going to have the worship team come on up right now. Um, Jesus existed as, as God. I mean, this is what it's all about. And... And we can have to now translate those kinds of things into our lives, you know, infuse them into our lives. You know, he said mean things to me, so I'm in the right, you know, and putting him down. No, no. Um, we don't regard their past because Jesus doesn't. We don't regard injustice to me or to you as something to hold on to. Don't regard their political parties as a reason that they're somehow less than you or their mistakes. And, and, and this is where the way we treat other people close to us, because sometimes that's the hardest. And even those we've never met formally, but are somehow just for a brief moment in our lives, this is where we can touch them. And we know 101, how to treat them. We treat them as what? Better than ourselves. One more time these words, and then the worship team is going to sing a great song about who Jesus is, what he did, and it will move your heart. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others as what? Better.